What's your name? Talindrif. Can you spell it? Yeah. P L Y. Which time I was like, ampersand. They were like, <laughs> click. <laughs> Talindra strikes again. <laughs> she is notorious. Oh, she doesn't know what's going on, but she does. But she does. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Bloody Podcast. I have two guests today. I have a guest co-host. Hi everybody, I'm um, Cash Abdumalik. You've heard him before. Yes. <laughs> Other times Lori has failed me. <laughs> and our guest today is Pete Zias. Pete, hi. Hi, everyone. Today we're covering Nexium and Janice, a cult led by Keith Rainier from the 1990s to the present. As a direct byline of research, we'll be relying on the book about Catherine Oxenberg's family and her experience in the cult. Catherine Oxenberg, we were just talking about it. She's an actress that came to fame with her role in Dynasty. Do you remember her name? I don't remember her character's name, but... Amanda Carrington. Oh, she was a Carrington. Oh, oh is that a big yeah. thing in Well, there's the Carringtons and there's the Colbys. Right, because yeah. that's the whole thing, the, is yeah, like family dynasty. Yeah. Is Dynasty, was was it kind of like Dallas? Or yeah. was it kind of like... It was Dallas without house. being like on a ranch. It was like uh, Dynasty and like mansions. Right. But like, were they you know, British? Not in Texas. So, um, some of them were British. I, I like uh, Joan Collins... Because she was British. Yeah. And, and is Oxenberg British? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so that's where she's from. Um, she is also the daughter of Princess Elizabeth of Yugoslavia. What? Yeah, I know. And then she wanted to be an actress? Mm-hmm. Just say a princess. I know, right? Stay in the royal family. Well, you know, Meghan Markle did it the other way around. <laughs> She's an actress and then went to the royal family. Yeah, it's true. Uh, in 2018, she published her book, Captive, about her and her daughter's time in the cult. Um, the cult was, at that time, spearheaded by Keith Rainier, Nancy Salzman, and eventually Allison Mack, the actress from Smallville. Oh, I heard about her, too, that the mm-hmm. blonde. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The blonde. And she was yeah. trying to get other women involved into oh, it. Oh, yes, a bit yeah. of a female pimp. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's funny you would say that. <laughs> so is it... Is anybody trying to market this into like a movie or anything like that? It's already like, a Lifetime movie that I'm really excited to watch after this. <laughs> it's already out? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Does, lifetime is fast. Does does like they really does, are. Does Lifetime count? I mean, it counts as a movie, but I'm talking about like, you know. I don't know if it's a feature yet. Probably, right? I mean, there's so much juice here. Yeah, I mean, they make movies. Like They made a Whitney Houston movie before she even died. <laughs> About her dying. They already they knew. knew yeah. Did she die in the tub? Did they, did they get they, right? I'm sure They got it all right. They wrote it. They wrote her life for her. <laughs> Lifetime. <laughs> they have my life story. Oh, how do you die? Oh, I don't know yet, but, but they know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they already wrote it. They have a couple of alternate endings just uh, in yes, case yeah. there's a freak <laughs> accident. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Nexium over the years, along with the people just mentioned, has been has managed to be associated with a number of notable people, including Richard Branson, mm. the Dalai Lama, mm. yeah, uh, Claire and Sarah Bronfman, which we will see are play like are huge power players in this. They're the Seagram heiresses. <laughs> So yeah, they have a, l- <laughs> a lot of money. Seagram's uh, is soda and like gin and booze and all that stuff. It's like a whole bunch of like yeah, right? yeah, right. Oh. I was just thinking of the gin like this I whole time. I think of the ginger ale. Seagram's how cute I am. Aww, <laughs> so innocent. I know. <laughs> I haven't done anything. Seagram's ginger and ale with gin. <laughs> <laughs> that is nuts. <laughs> Wait, what did the Dalai Lama do? Uh, well, he met with Keith and he. Um, he basically brought him on stage, like, and gave him like a sash, you know, and like, uh, like honored him. Not really honored, but just like acknowledged him in this like holy way. Um, but there's a whole scandal behind that too. Really? Yeah, it really made me lose faith in the Dalai Lama. But I'll, I'm going to say. I was about it. to say his stock fucking kind of drops with me for a little bit. I mean, not mm-hmm. that his was really up there, but you know. Why well, yeah. maybe he's just old and seen now at this point and is just, you know, giving things away. Then should he be the Dalai Lama? <laughs> Who else is going to do it? <laughs> Oprah? There's he's like, you get yeah. my sash and you get <laughs> my socks. <laughs> and you, heck, you can have a donut. <laughs> I'm the Dalai Lama and I'm fucking nuts. <laughs> he probably is nuts. I have, he's probably hiding him away. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen much of him lately. That's true. Like, is it like the Pope where 
like somebody else has to run to be the Dalai Lama next once he dies? I don't know. I think that it's actually he's got to die, and then they're like, it's supposed to be reincarnated into somebody else, right? Or the faith is supposed to be like, you know, so complicated. I know it's a little complex. If only Hollywood worked that way. Oh, well, yeah, everybody <laughs> would die. <laughs> I wish everyone would die so I can get a role. Yeah. Sorry. The cult of Nexium was worth billions of dollars at its height and used a sex slave ring guised as a program to empower women. And as far as we know, through our research, the Bronfman sisters and Mac are still active in the cult now. They're still active in the cult? The cult is still active, yeah, and they're active in it. Mac, not so much, I don't think, because she just got convicted. Um, so part of her conviction was she can't have contact with anybody in the cult, which includes her wife, Nikki Klein, hmm. another actress who was in Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Wait, who was she in Battlestar Galactica? She was the, uh, her name was like Tilly or some shit. She was like the wife that was always pregnant. You know what oh, I'm talking about? Oh, the little mousy girl? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's nuts. Damn. It's always the quiet ones you have to watch out for. Uh, mm -hmm. They're like, don't worry, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Have you read this book? Yeah, <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> I have a book club. You want to be in my book club? Yeah, you want to come and hang out? Drink N this. Next thing you know, you're branded. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it happens. <laughs> Good God, that is insane. Um, let's see, where am I? Oh, wait, also, you know, if she's in jail, that's kind of a perfect place to start recruiting some more people for the... Uh, clan mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. it's like hey i got a place where you can go when you get out oops oh is this the movies <laughs> <laughs> movie phone that's what a movie phone is um but yeah that's like a perfect idea for her to like be like oh you, if you get out of jail you know, you, I got a guy who who hook you up. You can come to this house, and next thing you know, you've got more sex slaves. That's a that's a good point. Mm -hmm. That's probably part of what they're doing. I'm real smart f about sex stuff. Due to the expanse of this case, both of the cult and those who are involved, and its ongoing nature, we will take some leaps backwards and forwards in time. And there's no way we can't cover it without uh, talking in length about Keith Rainier, which is also a change because we normally only talk about women and their crimes in this. Uh, on this particular podcast for any uh for any listeners i encourage you guys to read captive as well as the new york times expose on rainier and the frank report a blog with ongoing articles from publicist for nexium turned investigative journalist frank parlato and listen to uncovered season one which is about sarah edmondson one of the ex-members of the cult and her experience in said cult all right so uh, and we're going to start in May of 2011, which is actually way later than the call actually started. So, but in May 2011, Catherine and her daughter India are introduced to what is at the time known as ESP, which stands for Executive Success Programs, but also later becomes known as Nexium. So they attend a five-day seminar here in Venice, and... Um, Right off the bat, some of the fellow people that were there were fellow actor uh, and friend of Catherine's, Callum Blue. Uh, What's he from? He is from like a bunch of smaller stuff, although, let me see. Callum Blue, you haven't heard of me. He's very <laughs> British. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a porn name. It does. It really does. The Princess Diaries too. Oh, okay. Oh, so it is porn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Secret <laughs> Diary of a Call Girl. That seems to be his big thing. Oh, of course. I remember that show. The HBO show? Mm -mm. I don't remember that. About a prostitute. Oh. Like a high-class escort. Mm. That was it. That was what it was about. I'm a high-class whore. Yes. <laughs> 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 so he was there. Emiliano Salinas was there, who is the son of a former Mexican president. Um, and Rosario Dawson was there, too. Wow. Really? Yes. Rosario, what's going on? Is she still? Okay, I'm more quiet. No, she's not. Okay. No. Um, she actually had to leave in the middle of this five day seminar because somebody died in her family. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. I think she looked around and she was like, oh shit, I gotta get the fuck out Probably. of here. Probably. Yeah. This is crazy. Right off the bat, they're, they're crazy in it. Um, so, executive success programs were advertised as personal and professional growth business seminars, and they began 
1998. So that's a quite a leap already. 1998, um, the year of ska. <laughs> <laughs> And ESP, uh. <laughs> both three-letter words. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> 98. They also referred to uh, ESP as a revolutionary patent-pending technology. <coughs> um, part of it was called Rational Inquiry, who on the website at the time was, uh, was described as created by scientist and philosopher named Keith Rainier. Um and the person who was giving the lectures when Catherine was at this seminar um, was Mark Vicente, who is the director and writer of the movie What the Bleep Do We Know? You guys remember that one, the documentary? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. What's it about? It's <laughs> about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> bleep. What the bleep do we know? Don't you I know? I saw it when it came out. I don't remember anymore. I didn't bother to look it up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's an environmental I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. So right now we're in 2011, but back in 2003, Forbes had already published an article entitled Cult of Personality about Keith and ESP. Um, and at the time, in 2003, the following people were associated with it. Sheila Johnson, co-founder of Black Entertainment Television, BET. Mm. Mm -hmm. Antonia C. Novello, a former U.S. Surgeon General. Stephen Cooper, acting chief executive of Enron. And the Seagram's Fortunes, Edgar Sproffman Sr., who is the, the dad, and his two daughters, Anna Chris, um, Sarah and Claire, who we mentioned earlier, and Anna Christina Fox, daughter of the Mexican president. Um, what's his name? What's his first name? It doesn't matter. Uh. He was the daughter of a Mexican president, <laughs> President Fox. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got to be really fucking good at this to be getting into Forbes in 03 with it. I mean, I mean he really targets people with money he does he has an end goal uh to basically take over the world is his end goal delicious um <laughs> but <laughs> in the in the article it's not a positive article oh okay and they're already talking about it as a cult um because in it the dad edgar Bronfman senior he's quoted as saying i think it's a cult <laughs> 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 it, it goes on to say though he once took a course and endorsed the program um, he hasn't talked to his daughters in months and has grown troubled over the long hours and emotional and financial investment they have been devoting to Rainier's group. One of the daughters, Claire, at the time in 2003, had already lent the program $2 million. Oh, God. And that's just a drop in the bucket of what's to come from them. You can't say lent at that point. That's just fucking... Yeah, they gave it. They said lent to, her, to their dad, basically. Like, oh, we're going to let Keith borrow this dad, money. Dad, we just lent them $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to give somebody $2 million, you deserve to be s taken into a yeah. cult. Yes. <laughs> no, a lot of these people are fucking dumb. The two things I've learned mm. in this are like, um, well, the one main thing I really learned is rich people are fucking stupid. <laughs> Everybody who gets into this program is rich or has rich family, and I still don't understand how they fell for it. They're well, bored. And they're also totally. sheltered. Yeah. You know? I yes. I mean, one of the best things that you could be if you end up getting a lot of money or doing getting paid for what you do is having a fucked up beginning, in my opinion, you know, because it's just like, all right, cool. I know. I learned lessons. I'm not a fucking dumbass. You have perspective. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. But um, not in this cult. <laughs> I guess not in any cult, <laughs> right? Otherwise, you wouldn't really join one. Yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of people join them, I guess, because they need love. But in this case, I agree with Pete that I think they were just bored. Yeah. Well, I mean, people also join multi-level marketing companies. It's the same shit. That's funny you should say that. That's what he started with. Oh. Yeah. Like a pyramid scheme? Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> we'll get to that very shortly. Um, so... As mentioned before, Keith and Nancy Salzman had actually developed ESP together. Um, while at this first seminar that Catherine went to, while Keith wasn't there, Nancy was. A little bit about Nancy. Uh, in 1997, Keith and Nancy team up. At the time, she was 43. She would become, she would come to be known as prefect within the whole cult. So that was basically his slang or his term for his number two. And Not everybody, everybody had to. 
Everybody had to call her that. I love you, girl. You're my prefect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. <laughs> I would love it if pimps did that. <laughs> we should start a cult for pimps. Yeah. See now. Now we're well. That's on we'll take this. Good. We'll take this business model. Yeah. Yes, it's a very Let's it's get some pimps. <laughs> very I would, effective. I would love to see the Marriott like hotel boardroom <laughs> ballroom <laughs> full of pimps, <laughs> all fucking at a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> Be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, Nancy at the time was a psychiatric nurse who had studied hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming. Um, by which therapists examine and mimic a person's language and speech patterns to alter behavior. So it's basically mirroring your subject in order to get them to like you more or get them to do a certain thing, which apparently Keith studied, uh, not with her, but Keith also studied later on too. The The story goes that at first she was pretty skeptical of him, but after spending four days holed up with Rainier in his offices... Um, she emerged as his business partner. Oh, wow. He gave it to her good. <laughs> I want to do business with you. Oh, I'm sore. He's like, hey, come in here. Let's talk. She's like, I don't like you. Four days later. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. The new brand. <laughs> Did he just, like, have sex with her for the whole four days? No, like well, I assume, but it's not known what happened. They, like, had they had a really good time management, I think, because if they did have a lot of sex, they also developed ESP mm-hmm. in those four days. So I think there was a lot of cocaine, mm-hmm. a lot of it. Um, and, yeah, I would assume. But, like, as far as every story goes to, though, she's a lesbian, which makes uh, it even weirder. I bet it was, like, one of those 80s movies or, like, 90s movies in, like, you know, early 90s, like, Sliver or something like that, <laughs> where they're they're together and he's, like, hanging out with her and they're having sex. And then after they have sex, he starts writing stuff down. They develop the plan together and it's all just, like, you know, sunshine's <laughs> coming in the big bay windows and stuff like that. I've seen this. I know what this is. <laughs> oh, Castro and Stone in the Lifetime movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Nancy lent Keith's girlfriend at the time, and presumably Keith, uh, $50,000 for their current health food business. When it flopped in 1999, a bitter battle ensued in the, in the U.S. bankruptcy court in Albany. Um, instead of siding with his girlfriend at the time, Rainier sided with Salzman because she had the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Follow the money. Yeah. Later on, Nancy would also enroll her daughter Lauren Salzman into the cart who would also into the cult who would also become another big perpetrator of all the crimes so it was mother daughter thing Damn. yeah Mm-mm. so a little bit more uh bullshit from Nexium. I just need to cover all the like everything they do and say is a red flag and maybe I'm saying that because I did the research or whatever but then again I don't ever think I'd be susceptible to a cult because I don't like when people tell me what to do. <laughs> she <But> doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's like very actively defiant. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Nexium calls itself a community guided by humanitarian principles that seek to empower people and answer important questions about what it means to be human. What? Yeah, it also co- exactly <laughs> it makes sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> it called itself the key to success and happiness mm. and claimed that it had 147 international patents, including 47 in the United States. Wow, such as? None could be named. Yes. None oh, could be named. Of course. <laughs> we it invented the crinkle cram? Oh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I know that. Says yeah, day yeah, to yeah. Day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, the farm. Post it. Post-its. Post-its. <laughs> Romeo and Michelle were in the cult. That's right. <laughs> we used to call them sticky papes. So just in those first five days that Catherine um, and her daughter were at the seminar, they started learning how Nexium works. First, they had to attend morning, what they, ca- what they called morning modules, uh, which were, Catherine described, weirdly constructed question sets on video of Nancy. Nancy was giving the questions on video while Nancy was also in the room monitoring them watching the video. What? Uh-huh. 
they had to do a special clap every time like a higher ranking member entered the room and the a clap is described as being first the high the highest ranking member claps and then the second highest member and then the third and so on and so forth so it would take like 15 minutes to clap and you don't clap like a lot you just clap once so it would be <laughs> but imagine that times like oh 80 people <laughs> god and it's like an improv warm up Zip. I was gonna say I, I could see a sketch where they just have to run through the room for like some stupid reason. Like, oh my god, you forgot the forks. The forks are back outside. You need the spoons. And they, they just keep on running through it. Everybody's like, oh. <laughs> Wait, who's that person? We have to start all over again. Somebody fucks it up and they get paddled. Yeah. <laughs> And meanwhile, Yakety Sax is playing. <laughs> Hijinks in the cult. Yeah. yeah. They also, one of the teachings that they had was that, um, was called being at cause, which basically watered down to whatever your circumstances in life, it's your fault. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> It's your fault. It's your fault. No matter what's going on with you, it's your fault. And you have to take responsibility for it and you have to take <laughs> action for it. Um, and one of the modules was called Honesty and Disclosure. Um, and it was first introduced by asking, if you were in Nazi Germany and hiding... Yes. Great start. <laughs> if, you, if you were in Nazi Germany and hiding Jews in your basement and the Nazis came to the door searching for them, what would you do? Would you give them up or would you lie to save their lives? Can you please answer in a German accent? Well, what I would do. First, I would make some tea and then. Open up the door and let the government out of here. Your fault. It's your fault. Your fault. It's your fault. Bye bye. Jesus. They would do great in like starving countries in Africa and stuff like that. Just Probably talking right? to little kids and just be like, "Hey, you hungry? <laughs> you know why you're hungry, right? Because you're a piece of shit. It's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault. Should have eaten. Yeah, step up to the plate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Kunta. <laughs> um, they would ask that and then explain that it was. Uh, basically an ethics question of saying is it ethical to lie for a higher purpose which that that was it that was like the question mm -hmm. and so i think that their higher purpose was the nazis not not the truth yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> that is like kind of puzzling when you look at the question you're just like wait a minute <laughs> what are you saying here <laughs> so they're nazis yeah, yeah they actually do keith rainier is obsessed with the nazis do they have any black and like jewish members um some of the last names seem jewish hmm. salzen is that jewish i think so i don't know i don't know black though you get any walk-ins in there <laughs> i mean rosario dawson left i think that was it she knew. <laughs> Maybe they looked at her and they realized, like, you, mm. you could go. <laughs> this is for my friends here. You're sitting. They're like, well, she's like, my family member died. They're like, it's your fault. You have to go. You have to go deal with that. it. We're sure we know which one. <laughs> <laughs> so after they would do modules, um, they would go into what they called EMs, Exploration of Meanings when coaches were assigned to smaller groups and then they would ask them like really intense questions like what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you what have you done that you're most ashamed of what is your greatest fear um and then there were times where they were basically like therapy sessions that you did in like group therapy mm. and there were times where within 15 minutes it was said that students were making confessions and like having tearful breakthroughs and sobbing and all this stuff. Um, this is weak people. Cry babies. Seriously. Yeah. It's their fault. It's totally their fault. <laughs> it's not their fault. <laughs> it's totally how he was able to get them. It's really nuts. So at the time, Nancy coached Catherine's group. 
Oh, and another red flag that she should have noticed right away is that Catherine and uh, her daughter, India, were never allowed to be in the same group. Like, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, we took this to do it together because it was like a business seminar. And they were like, no, 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 no. You guys are separated. Divide and conquer. Yep. So Nancy um, is coaching her group. On that, on one of the days, Nancy calls her defiant and like chews her out, basically. But then two days later, Catherine claims that Nancy had helped her facilitate memories that helped her define her anxiety and phobias that she had for auditions. Mm-hmm. As long as she can book, book those auditions. <laughs> I mean, girl. she wasn't booking. She uh, wasn't booking. It's her fault. <laughs> it is her fault. It's her fault. She stupid. recalled, according she's to Catherine, <laughs> <She's an idiot. laughs> according to Catherine, and this is just because I thought it was a juicy tidbit. Um, she recalled that not only was she abused when she was four, um, but that also at the start of her career, Blake Edwards of the Pink Panther movies had tried to convince her to spend the weekend alone with him in Italy before giving her a role. So that made her nervous to do auditions uh, after that. That's it? That's yeah. it. It's like that happens every day. <laughs> oh, please. You can't survive in this town without, <laughs> without spending a couple of weekends in Italy. With an old man that created the Pink Panther. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly <laughs> that. Also, that doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, I mean. To I'm, spend a weekend in Italy with a man that created the Pink Panther. Yeah. I mean, the thing is you don't know what he's into. <laughs> Maybe he just wants to go, you know, see some art exhibits and have some lovely pasta. Stomp grapes or something. Yeah. Make wine. No, 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 no. This is why Me Too happened, you guys. <laughs> You're downplaying that, the problem. I know about me also. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Hashtag, it's your fault. <laughs> Regardless of all the red flags, by the end of the five day seminar, Catherine and India signed up for the next two courses. Um, and Catherine even signed up her husband. And his two daughters from a previous marriage. Um, she claims now, and I, it's true. I'm not going to say she claims it. She was what she what is referred to as love bombed, which is a cult. Uh, it's a term normally referring to a thing that cult members do, where they shower you in like praise and adoration, mm-hmm. and tell you you're unique and special and this and that, and so you get all this like wonderful attention, which is what they she says that they did to her. And they did it so much after like the first two days that she just signed up without even thinking about it. Really, mm. it's like an abusive relationship. You, yes. know, you know, like they abuse you, and then they say really nice things, so mm-hmm. you're confused, yes. and, it's, and then they like get you all, you know, dizzy. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you're yeah. in a cult. You're in a cult. Yeah. Love bombed, which is Love also bombed. which is also a song by the B52s. Love bomb. Where's a love bomb? It's here. Love bomb. Love bomb it. <laughs> Baby, love bomb. <laughs> Some of the Nexium etymology included uh, calling people parasites, oh, which meant um, are actually people who suffer by creating po- problems where none exist and mm. craving attention. And they also <laughs> called people suppressives. Uh, that uh, who they were described as people who see good but want to destroy it. Suppressive is also a term used in Scientology, so he totally just hijacked that mm-hmm. one from them. Mm-hmm. They would call people disintegrated if they looked bored or fell uh, asleep that's or asked I'm or asked too many. <laughs> it's your fault. It's my fault. It's totally your fault. Hashtag it's your fault. There Hashtag are no victims. Dis- disintegrated. <laughs> Next parasite. time I see someone that looks bored, I'm like, you look disintegrated. Fucking parasite. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this is serious. We need to stop laughing. Stop being so suppressive. I'm yes. sorry. It's my fault. See, they picked up this lingo right away. Mm-hmm. This is all like lingo that Keith would like make up for his little bullshit. Mm. Uh, I can see him in the corner like writing notes. On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else? They also wore different color sashes for rankings. So beginners had white and then you got yellow and you got orange and green and finally gold. So it was like a black belt system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like karate. It's yeah. really all. He really is just taking everything. He's t- yeah, he takes he's from all. He's like the Ryan Murphy of cults. He just like <laughs> samples everything. Yes. <laughs> um, he also had a link, uh, a term called chunking, 
which is yes. time management. Oh, okay. You're chunking your time. <laughs> if you're chunking your time, it means you're wasting it? No, it's time management as in that. It's a good thing. Oh, it sounds bad. Yeah, you're, you got well, you to chunk your time, so you got to make sure you get things done. Is yes. that what that means? Chunk, yeah. Chunk your time. Chunking your time. Yeah. You motherfuckers ain't chunking your time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stack it all, baby. <laughs> this is so dumb. I'm reclaiming my time. Yeah. I'm going to chunk it. <laughs> he also had his own rules for volleyball. Uh, I don't have okay. any. What are you doing? This person's an idiot. What are you yes. doing? <laughs> I hate him. He's the worst person. There's also volleyball, but wait. They play. <laughs> they would play volleyball twice a week. What are the, What is his rules of volleyball? The, the, I don't have descriptions of what they were, but uh, he doesn't use the ball. He, <laughs> he uses one of their heads. He decapitates. You them. definitely don't serve the same way that you normally do. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. It's like <laughs> you have to take certain stances. Oh, only he can win, probably. Only and he can get people. Yeah, he keeps yeah. changing. It's like a little kid changes the rules until he wins. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. But here's the thing. <laughs> you uh, like cheated constantly. <laughs> what an asshole. Everyone signs confidentiality agreements when they enter into Nexium, <clears throat> and everything they say that everything that the instructors say is patented and unrepeatable, which is also another reason that it's kind of hard, at least at the moment, to find a lot of what they actually taught because <clears throat> they were very confidential with it. And um, there was one time where Catherine like put a small portion of one of her teachings into a blog post, and she was like shunned. By Nancy. Oh, mm. Nancy. Or by Jeez. Esther, sorry. Oh, Esther Esther's comes, even yeah, worse. Esther's the worst. more Nancy than Nancy could ever be. Oh, <laughs> Esther. Oh, I hate her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the cult was also influenced by Ayn Rand and Atlas Shrugged, which is re- becomes very obvious later on because Keith openly talks about how much he loves Atlas Shrugged. It's really weird and annoying. So this is like if you made a cult... And you were like, all right, it's based on all my favorite things. I would like to. Yeah. What's your cult? What's your cult? Uh, about? Well, it would be like Princess Diana and Madonna. Uh, Madonna yes. and um, <clears throat> um, uh, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> my cult would be heavily involved in, in Mel Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> See, my first thought was food. So I don't know what this is. I was like McDonald's, <laughs> <laughs> steak and shake. Are you wearing your Taco Bell hats, kids? <laughs> <laughs> oh, pull up, pull up your Krispy Kremes and take a seat. Everybody's <laughs> sitting on donuts. <laughs> oh, love it. That doesn't sound bad. Mm-mm. 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 Yeah, see, I went in cults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll combine mine and Pete's. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it would be Madonna McDonald's. <laughs> I'm pretty weak. Where do I sign up, guys? <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> I brought my confidali- confidentiality agreement. Oh, sweet. Excellent. It's 10 pages long. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the pricing for um, Nexium was not for the uh, strap for cash. For the five-day class that Catherine took, mm-hmm. that one was uh, 2160 Drop in the bucket. <laughs> Level one, na- after the five-day seminar, was 3000 per person. It's a little bit more. And you had to go to Vancouver and cover your own expenses. <laughs> Do they put you up? No. You cover your own expenses. <laughs> okay. Sometimes they'd put them up in like the other people's houses. If you were like notable like Catherine, they'd put you up in like one of the other members' houses. Would I get put up? I don't think so. You weren't on Dynasty. <laughs> Good on Dynasty. I'm trying. You're also black, so they won't let you in. You're black? (laughs) That old chestnut. (laughs) (laughs) But on the bright side, level one included the Magnificent series. Oh. Which is when you pay tribute to yourself, uh, which ended up being two word descriptions of each person's quote unquote essence. Um, so what they would do is at the end of level one, you reach this like magnificent or pay like your tribute mm-hmm. and you stand at the, at the top of the room and then the other people shout out two like adjective nouns to describe you. And then they pick out of those. So Catherine's, for example, ended up being exquisite nurturer and sparkly lioness. Mm. That's what she paid three thousand okay. dollars to do. That's pretty good. We can do that for each other right now. I want to be a, oh. a, a glitter charm bracelet. No, 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 you don't get to. 
We pick. Oh, I don't want to play that. <laughs> yeah. I hate this call. This sucks. I thought I was going to be gassy sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> so she was a little discouraged after level one and realizing what the tribute was, understandably. But then she ended up signing up for level two anyway. Um, level two costs $6,000 per person. Drop in the bucket. <laughs> and you had to go to Albany, New York. Oh. But oh, that changes a lot. Who wants to go to Albany, New York? Their headquarters is in Albany, they New York. They always pick like places that are like, you know, nobody wants to go to, so nobody's gonna watch That's them. True. Nobody's knows what they're That's up very to. True. I was in Aruba and there was a boat that was docked and they the locals told me it's all Scientologists. It's a Scientology boat that goes to Aruba and but they don't get off of it and they just stay there. Oh, what that's the fuck so are you lame. Not get off the boat for? They're not that's allowed so to. Lame. What are, what are they doing there? They're, it's the Sea Org situation. Oh, oh. That what? Oh, like you don't know what the Sea Org situation <laughs> is. I <laughs> I don't know what it is either, but it's something about Sea Org. It's a, it's another cult within a cult. It's where they start yeah. training you for like Bringing more people in. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry, we interrupted you. No, no, that's okay. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, The level two thing, when you go to Albany, the kicker for that one is that it included meeting Keith. That was it. Well, then change my, I have a change of mind. (laughs) Albany. And Keith together. I know. How long do you get to meet him for? Is that like a minute? Or is he just like, all right, 30 seconds, go. And they're like, oh, uh, it's it? a it's whole like a volleyball game. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not the rules that you're used to. Stick around. <laughs> oh, Keith. So full of surprises. Yeah, we play with our feet. <laughs> <laughs> so when Catherine uh, in 2012 now uh, takes level two with her husband, Casper Van Dien of Starship Troopers fame. Ah, they fine. Come so they travel to Albany. So does their daughter, India. Even now, none of them are ever in the same group at the same time. They're not allowed to. So Catherine and her husband stay with Mark Vicente, the what the bleep do we know guy, and her his wife, Bonnie P.S. P.S.E.? I'm going to say it's P.S.E. Um, at that point, Catherine had already met and stayed with Claire and Sarah Bronfman, the Seagram heiresses, because she had gone back to... Or she had gone to Albany in between level one and level two because she wanted extra coaching from Nancy for panic attacks. <laughs> well, why is she having panic attacks? Because if this, <laughs> if this cult is so good for her. She had an eye surgery and she was afraid that she couldn't see again. Oh what? <laughs> why is she having eye surgery? Why doesn't the cult take care of her, her vision? Yeah. Oh, she's Because it's her fault. It's definitely it her fault. A, be, and you know what? It is her, she's now I agree. I yeah. agree with this call That's now. True. I'm sorry. We got ahead of ourselves. It's her fault. It's definitely her fault. Yeah, no, she's, tra- she's trash. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Oxenberg needs to get it together. I know. Yeah. Figure it out. She, she, she goes through a journey. She, she does a lot of things. <laughs> Not all of them are very smart. But she, you know what? She, she basically took down the cult. So. Ooh, okay. Okay. It's okay. just that experience on Dynasty. Yeah, it's <laughs> she true. understands it's that twists act- and turns. Actors flair. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Um, before attending the, uh, the before going to Albany, Nancy and I think right after the panic attack thing, Nancy asked Kareth, Catherine to host a weekend at her house here in California in Malibu, mm. um, and it was going to be a seminar for women only. The seminar was about a program called Jeunesse. That's J-N-E-S-S. Don't know what Jeunesse stands for. I couldn't find <coughs> it. I don't know. Yeah. Jeunesse. It sounds like a bad perfume. Uh, Jeunesse. 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 <laughs> Available at Kmart. Yeah, you're not going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know her, Jeunesse. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Catherine's mom at the time of the seminar was visiting her, uh, which, if you recall, is the princess of Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so she hated all of that, all of this that was about to happen. So what we learned from Jeunesse in this first encounter with uh, Catherine is the, the teachings start with men don't experience intimacy. Imagine the difference between sticking your mouth or sticking your finger in someone's mouth 
and them sticking their finger into your mouth. The first one is not an intimate experience. The second one is. Sure. This is what sex is like for a man. Oh, wait. <laughs> Story checks out. <laughs> so they've never had sex. <laughs> yeah. Whoever wrote that never had sex, apparently. <laughs> Men are designed to be poly, uh, polygamous. <clears throat> and women must learn to tolerate this behavior. Men are more loyal than women. When men cheat, they go back to their wives. When women cheat, they tend to transfer affection and leave their primary relationship. Men abide by an honor code, and women do not. This was written by a man who has been hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's his fault. to reiterate, it is his it's fault. fault. <laughs> exactly. So, no tears there. He's writing and he's like, teach you to leave me, April. God. Men are more loyal. We have a code. <laughs> we have a code. I would have come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I only cheated on you 17 times. God, each time I came back. <laughs> All my stuff is here. <laughs> um, men abide by an honor code and women do not. This code gets passed down like a legacy from father to son. <laughs> women, on the other hand, are whimsical, entitled, spoiled, over-emotional, childish, self-serving, weak-willed, indulgent, and lack discipline. How Have do they know me? <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> they love you. <laughs> mm. You are very whimsical. There's Thank two you. more. <laughs> they have trouble keeping their word and are bereft of any such code. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all peace. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They just took your Tinder profile and they yeah. put it as part of their <laughs> <laughs> That's all they do is steal. <laughs> yeah, that's the part that they borrowed from mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god. So at uh at the time Nancy freely uh freely told everybody that it was Keith that had designed this whole Jeunesse program. This would become more vague later on and then eventually people wouldn't know that it was a man who had designed this program. Oh. Yeah. Um, so now let's jump into Keith. The master. The vanguard. Ooh. Wow. Is that what he calls That's what he calls himself. Uh, the vanguard. D &D, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the vanguard level 15. Thank I you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Keith was born in Brooklyn. Oh, no. Yeah. Where I'm from? Great. Yeah, I know. It's a shame. It's a shame. Uh, great. Um, he was raised by his single mother who passed away while he was in college at the age of 18. Um, but before that, his parents divorced when he was pretty young. His dad was a ad advertising executive, mm -hmm. and this was during the time of, like, the Mad Men kind of era. So he was really in it. Um, Keith told uh, another member of Nexium later on that his mother was actually an alcoholic and he would have to monitor her at night while she drank and took pills or other drugs to make sure she didn't like pass out in her own vomit and shit. Um, there's no guarantee that that's true or if he was just victimizing himself. I'm sure he was victimizing himself. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sure he was. Also, the first thought that comes to my head after I find out that he's from Brooklyn, <coughs> I hope that in the Lifetime movie, <laughs> They give him a very strong and heavy broken accent. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you women are just weak-willed, you know? I'm just out here doing my thing. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this thing out to make the world a better place. I could cure cancer, but I'm going to do this. I hope he does have that accent. I hope so, too. Let's just fucking call Tony Danza and get this goddamn thing rolling. <laughs> I want Michael Rappaport to play him. <laughs> he's a little thuggish. <laughs> but when you see him, I'll get by you. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that Keith said was a lie. He claimed to be a judo champion. Uh, he claimed to be, to be. A I know. Yeah. He thinks that's so hot. Yeah, he thinks it's the coolest. He probably walked by one window Saw in Brooklyn. Saw somebody do a roll yeah. and he was like, that's it. Dude. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> I just mastered this. <laughs> the Matrix. <laughs> hi yeah. <laughs> I know judo. Yeah. Judo. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed to be a pianist who uh, turned down Juilliard. Oh, uh, of course he did. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, they come calling, you're like, 
what about what like what a stupid liar like it's so like overblown like yeah. he, i feel like he's just a compulsive liar yeah you know like it doesn't even matter it, he probably saw something that he liked every day and lied about it he's like i know how to grow bananas <laughs> and i say that because i see bananas right behind me <laughs> um i've been he, growing bananas since i was six years old <laughs> It's like Steven Seagal. He does that. He's like fucking making shit up that he does and like owns and knows and stuff like that. Yeah. That's does he great. do that? He does do that. Really? He does do that. Yeah. He's like senile though, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Of course, like Steven this. Seagal. Yeah, I know. He really kind of sad. Yeah. He has that great ponytail. Yeah, but his hair is all he has now. Topsy turl. <laughs> <laughs> Topsy turtle. Topsy turtle. You don't know what Topsy turtle is? No. They sell it on um, late at night on TV. It's like it, it's a thing that puts your hair like in a bun, but you just twist <laughs> it real quick. <laughs> Topsy turtle. <laughs> Put your hair. Is he goes, in the ad for it? No, he should be. But I think he uses Topsy turtle. Topsy turtle. I can't imitate him. I don't know what the fuck he sounds like now. Heath also claimed to have been able to speak complete sentences by the age of one. He claims to have three degrees from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in math, physics, biology, um, with minors in philosophy and psychology. And zoology. Is <laughs> <laughs> he, baby? In reality, he actually graduated with a 2.2 GPA womp womp. and had failed most of his math and science classes. He also, this is my favorite, he claimed to be a genius with one of the highest IQs in the world. In 1989, the Guinness Book of World Records did name him as being one of the three people in an IQ group called Mega, a Mensa-like collection of geniuses requiring a minimum of one in a million IQ level. But um, it was quickly revoked when it was discovered that he had used a take-home test. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? He took it home and he did it at home and turned yes, it in? Yes, Oh, I did that before. In a Spanish class, I stole the teacher's test um, with all the, the blanks, yeah. and I went home and filled it in and brought it back and switched it. And she was like, you're test. a genius. I passed. <laughs> did you do any of that were wrong on purpose? No. I probably did, yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm a good criminal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, you got to do that. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also <laughs> know how to play volleyball in a different kind of way. In the <laughs> best kind of way. In the best kind of way, with the wigs. <laughs> <laughs> How uh, the fuck did he get by them from doing that? They published his name? They published it and then quickly revoked it. And now the Guinness Book of World Records won't admit it, that they uh, did it in the first place. Love it. Um, yeah. He was also, <laughs> he's, this is a quote from um, like an old website that he had. Mm -hmm. He's been recognized as one of the world's top three problem solvers. He has an estimated problem-solving capability of one in 425 million with respect to the general population. What does that mean? Much what? respect. <laughs> Much respect. <laughs> Who are the other two? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, let's see. <coughs> uh, Alec Baldwin. And Donald Trump. Yes, there I you go. I was going to say Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> oh, of course, Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> <laughs> always working. He's always working. <laughs> Mario Lopez. <laughs> That's just, one. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that smile could solve any problem. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you see my abs? <laughs> <laughs> problem solved. He called himself a multi-level marketing businessman before becoming a self-help guru. Hmm. Um, his first business was Consumers Byline Incorporated, a business investigated for. Oh, let me before I say that. His first business was Consumers Byline Incorporated, which was basically an Amway type of thing mm -hmm. where they would say they would give you these deep discounts on like everything. Mm -hmm. But eventually um, it turned out to be a pyramid scheme and the U.S. government came after him. He settled to pay $40,000 uh, and only paid back 9000 <laughs> One of the guys that worked with him in this and was one of his investors said that... Um, Rainier slept all day, uh. got to his office at 10 p.m., mm -hmm. and <laughs> sometimes demanded meetings at 1 a.m. I wouldn't mind working for him. Those are my kind of hours. That is <laughs> kind of nuts. Yeah. Well, I'll come by at 10. We'll have some White Castle, and that'll be it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go out. Hey, where are those reports at? You guys want to do some coke? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Keep your fucking rep. 
bad. <laughs> That's why it worked. It worked in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> then after that, he ran National Health Network um, starting in 1994, which sold vitamins. Um, he started it with Tony Natale, uh, his then girlfriend, which is this is when they meet Nancy Salzman and she lets her borrow the 50000 And then that business tanks. So. Oh, so that was the girlfriend that he didn't side with. Yes. Got it. Um, he also, after they broke up, he harassed her for years and they went through like a really ugly legal battle where he, um, basically manipulated her. He had gotten her to the point where she gave up her son to the father just because of his harassment against her. She would have to change her phone number and all that stuff. Basically he was just like a jilted, angry ex-boyfriend. Mm. Um, I know him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's always around. Mm. <laughs> You're like all the others. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, was having a flashback to a text message. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Call me back. It's your fault. <laughs> question, mark, question mark. Question mark. Hashtag parasite. Hashtag it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> By 2009, Nexium had gained. So Nexian and Keith had gained so many followers that the um, Dalai Lama, I think we mentioned this already earlier mm -hmm. on, but this is when the Dalai Lama brings him on stage and does his whole thing with the sash. This is also a, a brief period when Kristen Kruick joins the cult. She later leaves but pretty quickly on, but do you guys remember Kristen Kruick? Not at all. What from, did she do? Um, Smallville? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She came in from Smallville. Oh. Yeah. Um, and now we're going to jump over to 2012, which is our present in the way. Okay. Here in here, because this is where Catherine's already in the cult and all that. Um, by 2012, Rainier lived in a townhouse in uh, the middle class suburban area of Half Moon near Clifton's Park, which is on Albany, I guess. Okay. Um, by this time, several female followers have moved into that same neighborhood. They basically have like a cluster of condos that they all own. Mm -hmm. He is living with a woman named Camilla, Pamela Kafritz, another woman named Kristen Keefe, and Karen Antirianer. Uh, Karen Antirianer. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> These women's <laughs> names. Karen. Yeah. Yeah. They're all in Real Housewives <laughs> <laughs> of Albany. <laughs> I'm Karen Mitsuplex. <laughs> <laughs> All three of them were consumers, byline, incorporated ex-employees. Um, most likely, they all had houses in the area, but they all stayed in the same house. These three women would become his first harem. Ooh. Yeah. I bet he hung up a bunch of silk sheets. Oh, wow. Had those rolled pillows on the floor and stuff like Some that. Some incense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I dream of genie. Some chimes. Oh, I love it. It's I romantic. doubt he was that classy. <laughs> yeah, if you cook uh, all that classy. Yeah, watch. It was probably just a white room. <laughs> the jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> I still find that sexy. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Oh. <laughs> 90s office furniture. Oh. There's a one pillow on the floor, but it's a Tempur-Pedic. Oh, a glass table. <laughs> glass coffee oh, table. Yes. That's for the Coke. Yeah. Yeah, well, oh, yeah what's going on? <laughs> With wheels on it. With wheels. <laughs> so I want some. No, I want some. <laughs> Wait your turn. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> In 2012, this is the first allegation directly against him. Gina Melita went public with uh, her sexual abuse experience with Keith Rainier. She told the Albany Times that in 1984, when she was 15 and he was 24, he had been her Latin and algebra teacher and quickly became her sexual abuser. Um, just as a side note, together they spent their time at video arcades playing Pac-Man. In a game called Vanguard. Oh, here it comes. Oh, yes. my God. In the game, you destroy enemies and it increases your fuel. <laughs> this is all, <laughs> now this makes sense. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. <laughs> you can see him playing it. He's like, I'm going to use this. Oh. I'm fucking, yeah, I'm the fucking Vanguard. I'm the fucking Vanguard. <laughs> can I also say 
He was he was her Latin al- Latin and algebra teacher. Oh, I think it said Latin algebra. I was like, what is that? <laughs> Something he made up. It's chunking. <laughs> chunking his time. Yeah, it's chunking. chunking your courses. Exactly. <laughs> and have you been chunking your courses, young man? <laughs> you are out. <laughs> Gina Melita eventually left him, but before leaving him, she unfortunately introduced him to Gina Hutchinson, another girl her age. Uh, Keith also abused her and convinced her to drop out of high school and so he could become his, her sole teacher. Oh. Smart. Um, Homeschooled. Yeah. A tutor. It's her fault. Hashtag. <laughs> 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 That's Gina, unfortunately, <laughs> stayed with Keith for a long time and became uh, another member of his harem Obviously, when she was really young. And unfortunately, on October 9th, 2002, so 10 years uh, before this, before it's even all disclosed, Gina Hutchinson would go to a Buddhist monastery and shoot herself. Hashtag, I feel bad about what I just said. Hashtag, I'm sorry. She was only 33 years old. Oh, man, that sucks. The whole time she had been living with Gina on and off with Keith and his harem. Every time she tried to leave, they would call her and convince her, convince her to come back. And they would make insane claims by saying that, like, he was so directly connected to Gina that every time she left, he felt drained and, like, all his energy was gone and he would, like, faint and listen to shit, shit like that. So she would always come back. Oh, my God. Yeah. You feel bad for make, making me make those jokes? Yeah. You know, the fact that we're laughing, it's just inappropriate and offensive. <laughs> Uh, over a cult. Oh, God. You know, I faint. I get I faint. I FaceTime my mom a lot, and I act like I faint so she can send me money. I mean, it's the same thing, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so even with those allegations, it's 2012, and <clears throat> nothing happens. Like, basically, they're brushed under the rug. The cult is at, like, it's still thriving. And no one seems to care that any of this is going on. Like the authorities? Yeah, the authorities don't investigate. Nothing. They're not even he's, they're notified. He, yeah, well, they're notified when the crimes actually happened. The A year later, the girl, the first girl, Gina Melita, she actually tells the police, but there's no follow-up. How is he able to get away with this? Is it like some sort of like a religious thing where it's like they filed as... A religion? It's because it's a man. It's a man. A man mm-hmm. getting away with it. And they, they blame the victims. They blame the women. Well, the women must be in love with him. And that's why exactly. they did it. Yeah. Well, that's, oh. that's, that's not fair. It's the world. <laughs> it's just the world. So it also did not hurt that by this time, Sarah and Claire Bronfman were already really big active members in the cult. And they threw money at anything that smelled like trouble. Mm. Um. So as I mentioned earlier, they're the heiresses to the Seagram's fortune. And by uh, by the end of it all, so by right now, they had actually used $150 million from their trust funds. And actually, it's not the end of it all because they're still going. How much money do these people have? Probably like endless, right? That's a just lot of ginger ale. Just <laughs> Seagram's. <laughs> I mean, Seagram's has been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, too. Damn. Yeah. That is a lot of money they've God given a yeah. trust fund of a, and it's 150 million that's just nothing to them uh, it's nothing if um, you had that money uh if i had that money, i'd be in so much oh i have that much money i have that much money i, I have it on me i have it on me <laughs> cult this man <laughs> <laughs> sign him up of that 150 million keith lost 66 million of it in failed commodity training <laughs> spent 30 million of it in real estate Eleven million on a jet, mm. and the rest on legal costs for himself and for Nexium. Claire bought a two point three million dollar, two hundred thirty four acre horse farm, with a manor outside of Albany that the Nexium members would use to p- to house potential Nexium customers and VIPs. So it's not even for her. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. They were so deep in it that they would later say that their dad who by this time has <coughs> passed, um, had rigged the system. I don't know what system. 
so that Keith's genius algorithm for marketing would fail. And that's why they weren't getting as much revenue as they wanted. That's it. That like they're like my our dad rigged the system and his algorithm didn't work because of our dad. It's insane. Wow. How old are they? They're adults. That time that do- the Dalai Lama came to Albany and talked to Keith, um, he had originally canceled his his trip because there was already news stories circulating about about them. Then Sarah, Claire, and Keith traveled to where the Dalai Lama traveled to where the Dalai Lama is hanging out, and they convince him. And then the next day, there is a brand new Dalai Lama foundation and that's registered in new york for two million dollars that fucking dolly lama man you can't trust anybody and And by the way i want to say i have a wonderful dolly lama impression what is it i'm i cannot do it well (laughs) i feel it is as if it would be very offensive but i am biting my lip (laughs) and it is a struggle I read his book. Oh yeah. yeah, The Art of Happiness. How was it? It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it would if you had two million dollars. Uh, if I was yeah. t- if I had two million dollars, I wouldn't have to read that book. Yeah. somebody um, would read it for I'd, you. I'd be already happy. That's yes. the key. <laughs> Money's the key to happiness. I'm sure he said. Uh, mm, never mind. <laughs> 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 it would also later be found out. Um, that Sarah Bronfman actually had a relationship with the Dalai Lama's right-hand man Ooh. throughout this whole time up until very recently. I'm talking so like two years ago. We can't trust anybody. Listeners, unfortunately, at this point, we lost a portion of our recording. We reached a fair pause where we'll pick back up in part two of the Nexium series. We leave 2009 when the Dalai Lama has visited Nexium and jump forward to 2012 again to learn more about Janesse the counterpart to Janus, the Society of Protectors, and the beginning of DOS, when prominent female members of the cult begin recruiting other women. Thank you to Pete Zayas for joining us. Please listen to the upcoming plugs so you can find Pete and Cash in, the up, in their upcoming shows and social media. Pete. Pete. <laughs> you don't even know who I am, and I'm in your own home. Oh, I can't wait to put you in my car. You're just easy to manipulate. I'm just using you. Sorry. You're using me. I'm using you. He's using you. You're using me. He's using me. I'm using him. You can follow me on Twitter at Pete Zayas or on Instagram at Pete Zayas. You can go to my YouTube channel, The Pete Zayas Show. You can go um, uh, subscribe to my podcast, Cha Cha Heels Podcast on iTunes. And it's on SoundCloud. I'm doing a play at the Celebration Theater called Ravenswood. Um, it's a spoof of Dark Shadows. It's running at the Celebration Theater October 17th to the 20th. And it's wonderful. It's a, nice. camp, it's a camp horror soap opera. And you'll love it. It's, it's, sounds, called, it Ravenswood really Manor. it's yeah. called Ravenswood Manor. It's called Ravenswood Manor. Where can we buy tickets? It's celebrationtheater.com. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have asked that. We'll post the link. We'll post it with the episode. By then, by then we'll find out. Yeah. So I think it's celebrationtheater.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, Cash, where can we find you? Do you want to plug stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I am in the new season of Little Dickie's uh, TV show on FX. Uh, you can watch that. I think it's going to premiere in about a month or so. Um, you can come see me uh, perform with my sketch team, Tantrum, uh, at the Pack Theater on fourth Thursdays. Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Holy shit. Words. Uh, you can also come see me at the Nightcap uh, fourth Saturdays every month at the Virgil Theater. And I think that's it. That's oh, yeah. Uh, Twitter, uh, cash, uh, K Abdumalik. And um, uh, uh, Instagram is hashtag hashtag. I'm clever. It's very cute. Thank you very much. Yeah. Follow us on at Bloody Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and Bloody Podcast on Facebook if you still use that. I do. Sometimes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> you just turned eight. That was adorable. <laughs> do you still use it? I do. Hmm. <laughs>
<laughs> the world's run on Facebook. It's okay. It's oh, true. Yeah. Our government is Facebook. I'm still on there. <laughs> we can't leave if we wanted to anyway. It's our. We're all in a cult. Yeah. yeah. It's a Facebook cult. It's true. All right, guys. Good night. Thank you. It's all your fault. Ha, ha, ha.